This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome. We have a good show with uh, Jen Kirkman. It was a good one. I already filmed it. I already filmed my podcast, so it's. uh, I know that was a good one. Some quick plugs for me. December 19th, which might be this Friday, depending on when you listen to this. I'll be in Denver at the Oriental Theater. January 20th, I'll be in Little Rock. The 22nd, Oklahoma City. 23rd, Dallas. 24th and 25th in Houston. Go to ToddBerry.com for more information. Follow me at ToddBerry. Go to feralaudio.com. They bring you this podcast and a lot of others. And uh, here's Jen Kirkman. You know, Jen, you're my... <laughs> What's wrong? I didn't know we were starting like that. I said, so I said we're about to start. I mean, I couldn't have given you any Right, right. Clear. I thought you were going to do a one-hour monologue intro. Oh, no, no. You know I record like that separately. That. I record that separately. Okay. You're my first repeat guest. That's right. How did you wait? What do you mean? That's right. How do you know that you're my first repeat guest? I figured I was because I listened to your show. Do you I'm really? A fan. Yeah, I've listened to. I haven't listened to like the last two episodes, maybe, but um, I will. I'm a fan. I listen to. I listen to most people's podcasts. What are your favorite thirty episodes of my podcast? Oh my god! Let me. Where do I start? Um, I like listening to when my friends are on it. I like uh, when it's someone I don't know. I really enjoyed the guy from The Daily Show. I wasn't familiar with him at all. Yeah, he wrote over 19 years. Oh, it was a great, great episode. Oh, you liked that? I liked the reality of like, no, we're not friends. Like, I feel like it's just a night. I feel like everyone's family should listen to that who has anyone that has some kind of showbiz job. Like, he just explains it. It's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just like, I worked there. We're not friends. I'm not calling Jon Stewart to have dinner. Like, that kind of thing. Right. I think people need to know that stuff more. He was amused by the... uh wikipedia entry i found where they said they remain close friends right <laughs> i thought i'd start off my episode with you talking about a previous episode oh <laughs> Re- yeah let's do let's that let's do a recap <laughs> um you know you've made it when someone recaps your podcast i know do they uh not a, not a whole i mean i it, i'm always surprised when anyone just says i listen to your podcast really? or tweets because you just don't it's not like i get an email every time someone listens but no i'm a big fan I enjoyed your episode with Brendan Walsh a lot. Oh man, yeah, that wasn't that was a not Brendan Walsh. <laughs> oh, I love that it. Uh, Brett Gelman. Oh, okay. I mean, I love Brendan Walsh, but I don't know if you saw, had him on oh, Brett Gelman. I will be. T- I'm going to tweet a link of it to, this, to you. <laughs> going, oh, I love the episode with Brendan Walsh. Oh no, not Brendan Walsh. I didn't like that. <laughs> I didn't even That's mean to do that because oh. of your fake rivalry. But no, not to. I mean, I, I don't. Do you want me to pretend it's real? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're blowing my cover. <laughs> We had a we had a bunch of people fooled. Did you um? So you're the first repeat. Yeah, guest. so I'm honored. So I did a live show, but that doesn't really count. I no, feel like. no, that was your audition. But I feel like nobody knows this. I've been on Marin like four times. Have you? I'm one of the people that's been on the most. I, we did an original interview, and I've been on like two or three live shows. Were you in like the first? Yeah, I was in like the first you're year. You're like you have to buy you have to buy those, right? I was in the like you know. Mark was almost going to kill himself and then was like, well, maybe after Jen comes over, you know, like that, that, woo, I almost fell. Right. Um, yeah, no, I'm just kidding about that. But yeah, so I feel like uh, this, this bodes well. I feel maybe I'm a good luck charm. You are. Uh, if you think you're going to be on my podcast four times, <laughs> if you think I'm going to be doing this long enough to where you'd be on for a fourth time, no, I'm going to be doing this for the next 20, 25 years easily. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, I think I was on like his sixth episode. I think, oh, man, those I think are the you have days. to buy the, the box set. To, uh, yeah, no, I bought the app and the box set, and the and uh, I made a big donation. Did you really? So I, no. 
just so I could get your episode. What you're in New York for a long time. You've been here a while. Yeah, it's like a residency since, you're doing. I'm <laughs> I've been here since the week before Thanksgiving and I'll be here until January 8th. With some comings and goings in between. Like I have a gig in Boston and then I have to go like I would just went to Buffalo for a few days, so it's not long enough for me. And then I'm trying to move. I would like to move back here. It's just, you know, how it's a pain in the ass to move. Right. And I just got this new place. It's a rental, but it's in L.A. And it's like a brand new building. And I really loved it. And I actually like paid someone to like professionally take like the terrible blinds down and put up nice curtains and like measure out the porch and buy furniture for that. So it's like I kind of put some money into it thinking I'll be here for a long time, like 10 years. And it's been a year and a half and I'm miserable. Oh, you don't like it? I don't like L.A. anymore. And so I can I can pretty up my apartment all I want, but all it ends up being is like a fortress, and I sit there by myself just feeling awful. These blackout curtains you got? No, this is for my living room. But in my bedroom, I have blackout curtains. But I just well, bought those sense. myself. I bought, like, their brown velvet. I got them at Cost Plus World Market. You do not have those out here. And you install those yourself? Oh, no, no, no. I hire like a, I have a gay handyman. I had. I don't know why I have to say that he's gay, but my friend who recommended him calls him the gay handyman. So, right. and he knows it. That's too, it's too late. You were, yeah. You're going to be accused of homophobia. <laughs> That's how I'm going to, I'm going to promote this episode. <laughs> so people, you know, I could have added this out, but you know, I think you need to know <laughs> the real, the truth. <clears throat> I, excuse me. I, I got shades on my last apartment. And I, it's the most complicated thing. The, with the white They're things? like, yeah, in six weeks, we'll have someone come out there and measure your windows. It's like, then the guy, when the guy finally shows up, it takes him like four seconds to measure the window. Oh, shades. Like, yeah, yeah, like roller shades. Oh, I like those. Those are those nice. Are nice. Those yeah. can black it out, right? Yeah, I made the mistake of buying ones that were just not quite blacked out. So it was like, and it was just, oh. I hate that. First world problem. <laughs> that, don't even get me started on that. So you've, you've, uh, You've kind of uh, fancied up your apartment a little bit. Yeah, it's fancied up. It's very lived in. It's so nice. It's so beautiful. What area is it? It's in Studio City. I probably shouldn't announce where I live, but it's like they can't get in. Also, I mean, it's pretty. It's, it's like, a big place. It's not like you gave your street address. No. And it has like a, a man at the front desk who, by the way, does nothing to stop people from coming in. It's yeah. not like a doorman. It's like a front desk. It's like a more of a... I took your package for FedEx and they're there 24 hours, but there's no opening doors. There's no, Hey, you can't go up there, you know, stuff like that. Well, maybe that's something you shouldn't have announced. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not going to be home at all ever for like, I'm traveling all January, most of February, then I'm going to be gone for a while. So it's like, I won't even be there. They won't Are you come. happy about traveling that much? Yeah. <clears throat> Cause well, because I hate being there so much <laughs> that it's like anywhere. Is it isolating? Is that what it is? Yeah, I'm extremely isolated. Well, not Studio City, but L.A. is. I, I think that, like, I didn't want to. When I moved there, it was great because I was 27 and I was with other broke people and it was nice outside. And it's a lot easier to struggle there than here and than New York. I mean, and then as I got older, now it's like 13 years later and everyone's married with kids or People are as busy as I am, and so they're like, I don't want to go anywhere. Just come over. It's all like everyone just wants you to come over and look at them in their pajamas. That's weird because that's something that no one – I mean, no one does three here. times a year I'll be in someone's – I have friends I don't think I've even been in their apartment. Isn't that great? Well, lots of them. Most of them. That's what I want. And I'm not a big like go-outer. I'm not a partier. But that's the other thing in L.A. is you're either married with kids or you're on the road because most of my friends are comics or you're – like party, party, sunset strip kind of person, which I'm not. So New York, I feel like, is a good mix for me because it's like, let's have dinner. Like maybe we'll get drunk at dinner, but it's not debauchery. Like, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a, a bottle of wine and someone mentioned something smart and then I can go home. I remember my first trip to L.A. and just it seemed like every dinner I had was with like 15 people. It's like, <laughs> it's like how, does you, how do you even get How do you arrange this? Like, it's like, is That's everything? That's a good point, too. Is it someone's, it's not, it wasn't even like someone's birthday. It was just. Yeah, like a big group. But I think L.A. is, it's harder to be alone in L.A. It's very hard because you are alone. Like, I look outside and there's no one on the street. And like, for me, I'm, I write all the time. So it's, if it's hot out, I feel weird being inside because it feels like I should be outside. And it makes me feel more depressed. If it's snowing outside and I'm inside, it's like the best feeling. So, yeah, I just I miss it. And I feel like 
in terms of like, what am I trying to do with my life? I'm not a TV. I'm not an actor. It's not, I'm not saying in a negative way, but all the years I spent doing stand up and writing, other people spent in the auditioning loop and doing that. So unless someone wrote me something, which I don't have to live in LA to have happen, uh-huh. then I'm not going to be acting. I'm not, I don't want to audition. I don't want to do any of that. I've pitched shows and people just stare at me like I'm insane. And so I feel like if I move to New York and now I'm announcing it, so it's not going to happen. But I feel like if I move to New York, I'll like be seen as cooler. Oh, it's way cooler here. Don't, Don't you me... think? And then people will be like, why did Jen Kirkman go to, this is me thinking the industry is thinking this. Why did she go to New York? Oh. And then they'll feel like, uh, what's that? Like, it's almost like, I don't know. They'll feel ignored and they'll be like, oh, I wonder which ideas she has. And I'll come back and say the same things. But because I flew in from New York where I'm cool, they'll be like, yeah, let's buy that show. I fantasize about that when I turn down an audition. <laughs> right. Like, oh my God. It's, he didn't want to, but Todd Barry didn't want to audition, we got to work harder <laughs> to write stuff that Todd Barry might want to do. Are you a bad auditioner? I recently did an audition for a pretty uh, well-known, critically acclaimed show, and they the feedback I got was he didn't seem to know his lines, which I, first of all, I was like, it's an audition. Yeah, that's a weird feedback because they don't always and I kind of did know, know my lines. Yeah. Um, and I learned them a little extra in the half hours waiting because they started late did you hold the paper i did because that's a thing where i was told are you supposed to or yeah not? I, I was told that it looks good to hold the paper because it somehow it's, i don't it seems, sounds weird to me but they're like it shows that you haven't fully decided what you're gonna do or something like it's that same game oh same like fully decide what you're gonna do with like your you haven't choices. like you're open to your i don't know but, but i think so too because if you come in with it memorized and you do the scene, they might think that's the only way he prepared it. Yeah, that's, that's what all I think. he's got. I think that's what I, I was trying to say. I wonder if there's... Th- Can I... All right, let me... We. I had, a, I had an audition before I left town that was for what... I think it's going to be a pilot on one of those networks that doesn't have commercials by a famous guy that mostly has done movies. So it's a TV show about... All of this guy's movies are about the same thing. A TV show is the same thing. I don't think I can say it, so I'm just being big. Okay. It's not important. But I had to be this, like, backstage kind of, like, roadie wrangling woman. Well, now I've completely given away. But this woman that has to be, like, all business and, like, you know, whatever. She's just, like, and she's talking to some idiot girl who's way too eager. And she's like, look, I don't know. Just take the donut or don't. And it, it, wait, no, you can't talk to that guy about that. It's that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I come in. And I try to bring busy work because I thought that's like helps you act better. So I, they're like, she's on her phone the whole time. So I'm just looking at my phone the whole time. And I did kind of memorize it, but I had the paper with me. So I'm doing that. And then there's this, but it's four pages of dialogue. So there's this one moment where the girl goes, you know, blah, blah, and blah, blah are having an affair. And I think it's pretty clear that my character is secretly in love with this guy. So she's like, wait, who's having an affair? And she's like, you don't mind your business. Don't get involved in it. This, this is my job. And it's like that kind of thing. So I looked up and I kind of gave that reaction. Like, you know what? Just shut up. And she goes, you're way overacting. But it's, I did it just like I did it to you. I go, really? And I go, she goes, she's looking at her phone. She's Hillary Clinton. She kept going, she's Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton. I go, but I think she's in love with this guy and she's having an emotional reaction to the fact that he's having an affair. Are you challenged what she said to you? I kind of said, oh, that's how I was looking at it. I wasn't trying to. She goes, you're getting too emotionally involved. I go, Jen is or the character? Like, I didn't know what was happening. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, it just got to the point where I was looking at the phone going, yeah, it's not your business if Dan's having an affair. So why don't you just butt out and go out and leave the room? And then I'm like, well, how is that good? at? There's no way when I watch the TV show, is that how the woman is going to deliver it? There's no way. But she goes, you're trying to be too sexy. I go, what? I don't know what. She was saying crazy things I was not doing. I was dressed like a roadie. Right. Like, unless I have this unstoppable sex appeal, which has not happened to me before. So I, I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, your voice. I'm like, that's my voice. I wasn't trying to do like a. Oh, she thought you were saxing up your voice or something? Yeah. And I was like, no, I just haven't had a, I've had a hoarse voice since I was You're like, I have a sexy voice and uh, nothing I can do about it. Yeah. That's what I tell people. <laughs> So anyway, I know that was the most boring story, but I feel like what I just did was not that o- much overacting. Yeah, it's hard because I, I feel like sometimes I audition, I'm like, and there's always the always the feeling, like when I auditioned for this one where they just said I didn't know my lines, <laughs> it was sort of a guy, a superhero who thought he was a superhero. I guess someone could figure out which show it is when it comes out, but 
It's, it's not, not out yet. It do, also, it doesn't matter if they figure it out. No, that's, that, I'm not trashing it. They, tra- they gave you the sides. But there was a guy dressed in like orange pants and an orange t-shirt and he had red frame glasses and he was waiting and he was like doing some exercises where he was like beating his chest oh for the love of god and, and after all i the uh, after i got that feedback i just want to go i hope you gave it gave it to the guy who actually is that guy right. who was waiting because <laughs> i feel like he am i never gonna be i don't mean successful but are are people like that successful? The guy beating his chest, like that's either a loser or someone really successful. No, I mean, I, there was part of me was like, this guy's weirdo. But then I was like, well, he's probably more prepared than me and probably but deserves the part more. Beat your than chest I in the car. Yeah, I don't know what the beating is. Part of me wanted to ask. I him. went to acting college or whatever, majored in drama, uh-huh. and there was you had to do the uh, all this kind of stuff. And this and beating your chest is actually, if you're ever sick, by the way, going like this is really good for your immune system. Really? That's what I've heard. Is that what he was doing? I'll say I didn't... No, I doubt he was doing that. That was just something else I heard. Oh. But I think he was doing the... I don't know what this does. Loosens up your windpipe? I don't know. Yeah. It just seems a little bit like... I'm a little too when I... Oh. I can't believe anyone isn't insecure. That's what I mean. I think my auditions, I'm always a little like rough around the edges. Like I kind of like, yeah, I know the lines and mm-hmm. we'll just see what happens. I don't sit, I don't write out beats and motivations and... Oh God, no. I'm sure this is why... But this is where comedians auditioning. That's what we are. Yeah, I feel like if you called me and if you know me, that's what I was saying. If they know me and they're like, we're dying to have her in. That's what I think that people don't get, like the people that represent me. They're just bored. They're like, have a comedian come in today and entertain me for 10 minutes. I think so. And then they go back to the people that they really are considering. But you are actually an actor. You've been I'm a real phenomenal actor. Yeah, I mean, with me, I think they're just like, oh, bring her in. She'll entertain us. What acting have you done? Nothing. I've done... um, the only thing I did was I was on a sketch show on VH1 that Dan Harmon used to produce like 10 years ago. And then I was on the show I wrote on Chelsea Lately had a show like a Larry Sanders kind of show called After Lately. I played myself as a writer uh-huh. on like a... T- Not easy to do. I play like a 16 episodes or 12 episodes as myself. And I actually think I did well, but I was playing myself. But that's hard to do to play yourself, I think. I, I mean, was I've playing like a times. really low energy version of myself too, who's just like, uh, um. So I was playing like one side of myself and I liked it, but that's it. I can't do anything else. I feel like I have it in me. I feel like I have a junkie on the street, like don't take my baby away. I feel like I have that role in me. Do you feel like you even want, I mean, I feel like we're all supposed to want to be actors. Um, I just don't like the reality of acting, which is the set waiting on set downtime. It's really awful. I get, yeah, you I have get to that. love it. And I end up resenting like the scheduling sometimes mm-hmm. where they're like, hey, can you come in Thursday? You know what? We're going to move it to Friday. And I understand they have to do this sometimes. Yeah. But it's sometimes it's like, well, I have stuff. Uh, I think unless you love it as much, because when people announce what's inconvenient about stand up, I don't find any of it inconvenient. I love traveling. I don't mind hotels. I don't mind being alone on the road. I don't mind any of it. Nothing bothers me. So everything bothers me about being on set. I find it to be. Is worse than having a nine to five job. It's very corporate. It's very like people. It's like I know how to get from my trailer to the set, but no, the person has to show up and walk you. And it's oh, I hate all that. That stuff. I actually like. Oh, you do. I hate rules and regulations. When I did the Larry Sanders show, to name drop my own sh- resume, <laughs> there was one, yeah, there was one part where like I had to get some pants steamed or something, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'll just walk it. It's like I gotta. You have to walk my pants for me. Okay. <laughs> like I'm. Yeah. I'm the really down earth guy who will carry a pair of pants forty feet, but but those union, those, some of those rules are great. When you're like, you get a check, and there's like, oh yeah, you're there's like a meal penalty, and you're like, it's that's like, true, they, and you're like, all I remember is eating all the whole fucking day. Yeah, and when the when the rules apply to like your check getting better, that's yeah. good. But yeah, I don't love it enough to sit there all day. But if someone said you are starring in a movie, and you know, then when would you move on? Like, I'm assuming like Friends, the last season must have been an amazing day. Like your trainer comes to your beautiful trailer and you have a chef, like all that's fine. Yeah. You get a lot of work done. But when you don't know like how long you're waiting and like you forgot to bring something or, you know, whatever, there's no Wi-Fi. Right. It's not charged. I don't know what kind of shit acting gigs where there's no Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just naming getting... things that could happen. That's the last time you got an actor gig. There was no <laughs> was, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi there, didn't exist. It actually didn't exist, I think, the the first time I got a gig. For me, it's the, I think that what I always 
wrestle with. Oh, wrestler. No, is the <laughs> uh, is the where you just don't know how long. Like you do this little line, you go. Oh, we'll probably do this a few times. Right. And then it's just like 18 times and you're just like, you don't know if you're going to be there another five minutes or another four hours saying the same line. I had a... And I go crazy. I had a thing on community this year. Oh. Very small part. Got there at noon. I started shooting at midnight. I've had that happen yeah. too. And I guess it's it's a weird... I mean, it's a thing like... We shouldn't be having this conversation. I'm not complaining. Recording. No, no, I'm not complaining. Because it sounds like petty. But it's it's craziness. Like how, so again, I'm saying if you love it, then that won't bother you probably. Because you're like, no, but once I'm on stage, it's all okay. For me, for stand-up, once I'm on stage, it makes everything that might have been annoying worth it. Once I'm rolling, I actually have let anything that bothered me affect me and I'm not having fun. So I think it's just not for me. Do you still get excited about doing a show? A stand-up show? Yeah. No, not before. But that's just kind of what I'm like in life. Uh, I, but I will find in the middle of a set, I get this like burst of excitement. And I'm like, I just had a burst of excitement and I can't wait to like keep performing. Like I'm here right in the moment. Like if you get a big laugh on something that you're like, oh, normally people don't laugh that much on this joke. Oh, yeah. You're like, oh. This is going to be a great crowd. And then I just like, I'm enjoying every second of it. You know what then? When, I mean, that happens. Uh, I've noticed that when I go overseas and do shows. Like, mm. They'll be like, this joke works in Helsinki, but 20% of the time it works in the United States. And it's there's no reason. No. It's, it's not, not like... about Finland or anything. <laughs> Wait, you just went to, um, you had your big... A Norwegian big, tour, kind of. I had a of. big right uh, European it? tour. It wasn't all. It wasn't all Norway. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the wrong thing. To <laughs> he say. meant to say what Scandinavian, but Scandinavia. But it wasn't was even all Scandinavia. Yeah, it was a good. It was really good. What was your favorite place? Because I performed in Sweden this year, but only Lund. I have never performed anywhere else in that area. Oh, were you in the same festival I was in? Or no? no, I was in a different one called the Lund Comedy Festival. Okay. It was just. I. It was I, great. I, fucking loved it i i was so nervous about going over there you had but you had done it before right i'd done like some shows in sweden and uh -huh. one show in norway never done a show in amsterdam never even been to finland uh where else did i guess but yeah in ireland but mm. where i've done some shows but this was all like sort of small shows where people were coming to see me Love except it. for one which was the festival which was a little more random type audience but right and they're just they're angels. They were just they were so angels. no. I mean, they were just. There was not that sort of feeling where you go on stage and you're like, "All right, where's there going to be trouble on this?" Right. It was right. like it wasn't even in. What about it wasn't the, even the room. There was like almost no one texting. I saw maybe like two texting. Oh, that's good. In like six shows. It's what like, about the uh, drunkenness factor? Not drunk. I mean, I've I've heard in Helsinki they drink a ton, and I'm sure in other countries they do, and yeah. in Ireland they oh, they do. <laughs> I think we all know that. But uh, yeah. But the people who came to my shows, they were just like comedy nerds. and they Oh, were just, that's so great. And it's just like, oh, so nice. I got to find the comedy nerds. I found mine in in some places around the world, but not everywhere. Did the, I found mine in Melbourne. I found mine in London. Yeah. But I haven't found them elsewhere. Although the Lund Festival was great. They, they were this type of crowd that it was such a small little town that you do this preview show on a Thursday. So you maybe do like 25 minutes uh -huh. and then they go and see everyone and they decide like what shows they're going to go to. And so then by Saturday night, it was like just a 300 seat theater, but it was sold out from that preview. And someone wrote an article in the paper. It's such a small town. Right. We're that doing that like, one live show gets a buzz going. Yeah. And then they're like, Oh, let's go see this. It was like being in the fifties or something. Did you worry about repeating that material? That's what, see, I've, I've done those previews. You're like, Oh, what if I, yeah, I only eight minutes I did. I only did 10 minutes that was going to be repeated, so it was okay. And I think they probably wouldn't have cared. Right. Because it was like I it put it at the end. But they were really nice. So they, they were cracking up at stuff that normally doesn't get big laughs here, like stuff I have about like divorce or gay marriage or whatever. And then they were saying, we don't think it's a big deal to be divorced or to not want kids or whatever. So we were laughing at how hard it must be for you to talk about this stuff in America because people get weird about it. We were laughing at that. We weren't laughing because we were late. We didn't like your jokes. We were laughing at it. Yeah, we were laughing at Americans. But in America, I feel like there's a lot of like, if I don't personally relate, I might not laugh, if that makes sense. 
Sometimes yeah. I feel that way with comedy nerds. With that's like kind of why I like still doing clubs because you might get it's a lot of couples and grown-ups going out, and I feel like that's more who my stuff is for. Like when comedy nerds, I feel like some of them can be like, I'm not talking about, you know. Yeah, there's not a lot of couples. <laughs> no, but I'm. Not, but then I have. I do have good comedy nerds, but I mean like the real young, young, young ones that just want to hear about like movies and stuff. I don't know about movies or Star Wars or whatever. You don't have like 20 minutes of Games of Thrones? <laughs> Games of Thrones. Is that what it's called? No. Game of Thrones. But you should Games start Games of saying... Thrones. Oh my God. I gotta... You're going to get so many I'm going to have to digitally remove this from that. <laughs> and it'll, it'll sound like I, I said it perfectly. Well, I want to get in that festival next year. I'm going to I'm going to push you out. Is really? I mean, that was... Do you get to go again, do you think? I don't know. I mean, it repeat? wasn't really a huge festival. I mean, I you know how I got that festival? Uh-uh. This is a pretty good story. It's one of those, oh my God, things can happen when you... I did a, oh, I a Swedish stories. podcast where these people came over from Sweden and they knew me somehow. Uh-huh. Oh, because I'm famous. And they they were... We did the podcast and... uh were they comics? No, it was like, I guess, I don't know if this this guy, I think maybe was a comic or is a comic. Okay. But well, that was nice they were real pros, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it seemed like they really, you know, they had a studio set up and, mm. or somewhat of a studio set up. And I just, at some point I was like, God, I, you know, I'd love to come back. And they're like, oh, we know there's people who book this festival oh, in nice. Stockholm. And then. Off. That's. That's how you do it. I mean, from doing a podcast. But that's what people, that's like accidental schmoozing. Like you yeah. did a thing to be nice. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. And I think that people, kids these days, the kids, I think that they think schmoozing is like, go up to someone who's like generations, uh, lo you know, been doing it generations longer than you and ask them to hang out or be part of something. And it's like, I'm not going to. If I ever had the power to hire people, I have so many friends who are great but aren't working or great and are working that I would still have way too many people to hire without enough positions. There's not, never going to be a case where someone young comes up to me and says, hey, I just started doing comedy. Like, I'm schmoozing. Like, I'll, I'll do anything on set if you need it. Like, that's, I probably wouldn't. But something like that, I think that's what people think schmoozing is. But what you're doing, you're just living life. Saying yes to things, and then people come back around to you. It was organic schmooze. Organic. <laughs> what was the phrase you used? I don't know. Someone's going to have to rewind it. Oh, my God. Accidental? Accidental, yeah. But organic is better. Of course it's better. But, oh, that was not nice. But uh, <laughs> Oh, I didn't even take it that way. I meant it. Now, and here's the insult. It's hard to, um, is that the subway? Yeah, you can feel the subway. That's awesome. I got to say, when I first... I, when I first moved into this building, mm -hmm. I didn't, I guess in the four seconds I looked at the apartment, the subway didn't go under. And when I first yeah. felt it, I was like, oh, is this going to be a huge problem? I'm going to have to move. And then it doesn't bother me. It, I think because I'm a few floors up. Yeah, so, you're on. Um, so it just feels like a little well, that's massaging so crazy. Bed. That's you're high up. But it also sounds like maybe your neighbor has a shower running high for like a second. And then yeah, it, it's, it's not, all, yeah, I don't get it because it's so you'd think it'd be every 10 minutes and it yeah. like, seems like every I don't know. And I haven't noticed it yet. And I've been here for four hours. We <laughs> did like we had a whole day together before we started recording. We went shopping. Watched two movies. <laughs> the, uh, so I think, yeah, you should go over there, especially since you like to travel. And I love it. I don't know what happened to me. I used to hate it. And now it's like I find it very relaxing. I think that I mean. I'm not TSA pre-check. I know that's going to make you seriously? insane. Oh. I think it's easier. Don't tell me you're not. It's eight. Now you can get it for like 85 bucks and then you can sign up at the airport. Oh, I don't care about the money. I Well, because I used I to work full time at this rating job Monday through Friday. And I couldn't, you can't leave ever. And I couldn't. And then so there was like a place in Glendale, California that was open nine to five, but they don't take appointments. So I would have just had to show up. And then when my job ended, I was like, uh, like one or two days off a week, I would just keep forgetting. Like, I just keep forgetting. It, trust I'm very me, ADHD. You get, sometimes they just give it to you, though. That's happened to me, and it's a glorious thing. I've been online where I'm like the, abs the only yeah. person in the security line. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, this is, it's weird how not taking off your shoes adds a disproportionate amount of joy to traveling. I have um, a rotator cuff issue on my arm. I've had that. It's from all the, it's seriously like a baseball player, like repeat things like taking the thing out of the suitcase, putting it back in. Like every time I have to lift my suitcase up, open it up, take stuff out, put it, I'm doing it way too much. And I think if I could TSA pre-check it, it might help my arm. 
But also, like, uh, people don't really help me with my suitcase. And I try to be like, help. Like, <laughs> They've read your Twitter feed. They know, they know Just because I'm a, a huge, the politically a feminist, I need someone physically to help me. I try to bring a feminist, my... but if you want to grab that bag that I don't want to grab. <laughs> but, uh, but even like, I guess it's not the flight attendant's job, really. No, not to help you with your bag. But I just read about, did you read about this awesome woman? She's like your soulmate. She's been, a, uh, well, she's, would be like your grandmother, but she's 78. She works at uh, American Airlines and uh -huh. she's still a flight attendant. Oh, wow. And she gets like full hair and makeup every day and she still helps people. She works, I think, just first class, but she helps people lift their stuff into the overhead. And I was reading this like, what kind of monsters <laughs> are, are letting her? Uh, I'm all right. Honey. This 78 year old lady's helping me up with my back. But she's like, in three years, I'll get my diamond jubilee. I don't know what that is, but it must be like some kind of working their anniversary where she gets all this stuff. I feel like they should give her that now. That's yeah, what I'm she's saying. She's 78. Whatever that diamond thing is, why don't you just go ahead and give that to her? Well, I tweeted, this woman is my new hero because she seemed, she's just like, I'm really nice to people and it's all about being nice and she's very sweet. And I at American Airlines, like on Twitter, and they wrote back, she's our hero too, Jen. But then I wanted to write back, then give her the fucking diamond jubilee. Well, that's a 19-year-old a, a who wrote that. I know. But he could tell it to someone. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they have access. He's what probably, if, what probably... if they ended up giving it to her? And she's like, I didn't want it given handed to me. Either I earn it or I don't. And she was like pissed. I wonder what she gets. Like, is it like... I have this terrible feeling it's probably nothing. But you can fly everywhere you want in the world now, now that you're 80. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe it's like, I thought it'd be like a lifetime pension or something. Yeah. Some I of those older it. flight attendants are actually nicer than... The younger ones. I think because like they're, they're pros. from... They're like... They're is, from that era. Yeah. And I guess they've lasted that long. I guess you can't last that long if you're miserable. Right. They might be... They might actually just like talking to people. But they're from that era where you're supposed to be nice and you're trying to like get a boyfriend from it. So it's like, not you, but the ladies. Like, yeah. So you're going to be really nice to everyone when everyone's a potential she probably rich husband. Yeah. She probably remembers when there was smoking on planes. I remember when there was smoking on planes. I don't remember ever seeing that on a plane. Did you... Oh, I loved it. Did you ever fly? I'm 25, by the way. I know. That's why. <laughs> God, there was my first flight ever was my favorite thing in the world. And then, see, my parents were very phobic flyers, uh -huh. so I learned their behavior. But before they got to me, before I inherited their fear, my first instinct was to love it. And then they like completely ruined me, and then I got over it. But... My first flight was on Eastern Airlines. I remember Eastern yes, Airlines. Yes, wasn't it wonderful? You could, they were really good about like refunds and changes. You can just, get, yeah, I don't want to go. And they would oh, I'm your... so young. I didn't, I wasn't yeah. paying for my own tickets then. <laughs> no, but the, I got on the plane and they had a spiral staircase with an upstairs. And there was a bar. Well, literally oh, a bar. Plane? Yeah. Where were you flying to? Just from Boston to Orlando. Really? It was, I, That's like I, an old 747. I, yeah, I couldn't. To this day, I don't know why it was so nice. And uh, people were having cocktails. And I think you could maybe only sit there if you're first class. But that was when you could just like my dad took me around to show me all the different parts. And I was like, my I remember my head exploding and just going like that. I want that to be my life. And uh, I still haven't changed my mind. And people smoking. I remember the smoking. And then the back of the plane was for smoking. And then I remember in the 90s, I don't think you could smoke on planes anymore, but you could smoke in airports, uh -huh. like inside. I remember that. Yeah, some of them oh, have so those great. sort of chambers. Where... Mm -hmm. And paying cash at the counter. I remember doing that a few times. I'd fly to Boston. Oh, that was the greatest. You know what I, I used to, people used to do it. Never, I never had a chance to do this, but they, if they got an acting job uh -huh. and they, they had to fly in first class, they would just say, can I get a refund on this ticket? They'd give them cash and then they would buy a coach ticket and pocket the money. I feel like... That. Wait, what? Like if, let's say, they got a part in a movie or right. something, and they, they said, yeah, we're get, we have to get you a first-class ticket. So they got you, here's a $2,000 flight from New York to L.A. Got it. They would say it would be a refundable flight. So they would just go, go oh. to the ticket counter and go, yeah, I don't, I don't want this. Can you give me my money back? And they'd give them $2,000. And then, then you buy a coach How much is a coach ticket? $400? Okay, boom. That's genius. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's a great scam. Now, you told me earlier, you leaked something to me that you have a great frequent flyer story. <laughs> well, should I not prep it? Should I not? Uh... No, I think you'll like it. Okay. Well, I don't care if my listeners like it. I think that you, you were, well, I was saying also, this is not the great story, but on my way here, I was answering an email. Someone is booking a flight for me. I have to go to Miami yeah. for something. And I 
they were like Delta or American. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Either one. I'll get them my miles number. And then you were like, I would have stopped and looked up with blah, blah, blah. But I think I'm pretty even on both. That's why. But so anyway, so for the longest time, because I had this job, I couldn't fly whenever I wanted and I couldn't be loyal to one airline. So my miles were all over the place. And then now it's like the past six months I've been uh, able to think about, oh, let's add more miles on this one, whatever. But somebody asked me the other day, like, you must have so many miles. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't understand it. And But I never really look. And then I just booked, like, all my travel for January, all of it with miles. Oh, you used the miles? Everything. Covered, like, four different trips. I must have had a lot more than I thought. I just thought you would find that exciting. I do, but so now I'm, I just saved, like, thousands of dollars. I have a follow-up question now. And now I will get to pocket the flight money they give me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. But you got to be careful where, you, like, you don't want to use your miles for a super cheap flight. You want to use it when it's like you have to go to, it, to Idaho or something, and it's like $500. Yes. And, it was, one of them was something weird like that. There's actually a formula. You could figure out whether you should use my, I know, I totally killed your joy. No, but, not, I'm excited because I'll get more, and I didn't use them up. Do you get hotel points? You should do that. Those add up. I've, I've used those a lot. I'm in the Starwood program, but I don't have like a credit card that connects to the hotels. Marriott. Oh my God. I never find myself at Marriott's for some reason. <laughs> like the areas I go, I've never, I don't think I've, I think it's Marriott's. No, it's not part of Starwood. You're going to get, if someone from Marriott is listening, they oh. are going to email you like, hey, we, we would really love it if you, we'd love to have your business. Do you think they will? Here's a certificate. I never get offered free stuff. Really? I have all these friends who are in the free stuff business. I think it's a little tacky, to be honest. Not the way I do it. I do it in a real classy way. But do you like tweet? I'm in Barbados on this free trip. No, I tweet it in the most selfish, <laughs> not selfish, but I won't like go, hey, th thanks for the free. Thing. You Whoever. won't do that. Because at first, I think that's not a kind of tweet I want to do. But it's also, I think, flaunting that you're getting free shit that other people pay for. And I think it's also like rude. that's probably not going to make them buy. But that. what I will do is mm. I'll think of a funny tweet and I'll go, hey, whatever. Uh-huh. Will you send me some stuff? Um, I was on Louie or I was in Pootie Tang. That's hilarious. But does I do it happen? It happened a lot. What do you get? I've gotten, and I'm not going to even mention the brand name. Okay. Uh, free popcorn, which <laughs> costs like $8 for the amount they sent me. Uh, That's hilarious. I've gotten uh, free coffee, uh, like cold brew coffee. Oh, you make your own? Yeah, like like these big bottles. I brought a like a cooler over in my apartment. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I don't like to make my own coffee. I don't. This not is good like at this it. is like a concentrate. You'd pour it in, then you add some water and milk or whatever you want, and you have a cold brew iced coffee. Oh, I don't drink iced coffee. I'm a. This is like. Are you from England or something? This is like. Uh, wait, do they not like it? I feel like they don't, there's some areas in the world where they don't even know about ice coffee. I feel like I don't want to know about it. I feel like you just said to me, like, I'm in the tea party, and I think, I feel like you said something terrible. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're a bad person. You're equating <laughs> drinking coffee with ice to being in the tea party. Wow. I just feel like I like hot coffee even on hot days. It's It brings out the flavor. I know I'm drinking a Dunkin' Donuts right now. <laughs> I, I got to say, in this neighborhood, there's no reason why you have to drink. I know Dunkin' Donuts coffee tastes I wa Listen, good. I walked a mile and a half from, I had a Pilates lesson in the Flatiron area, and I walked here after. Oh, that was your appointment? Yeah. Well, it's like physical therapy, kind of. Again, I have, my back's messed up, my arms, I'm a mess. Because I, I, when I was trying to schedule this with you, I, uh, you were like, I got an appointment, I got a meeting, and I was like, where you, how you got all these meetings in New York? I know people have meetings in New York. Basically, why don't Oh, they I weren't have, showbiz meetings. Why don't no. I have these meetings? No, no, no. They weren't showbiz meetings. They're like appointments. Like, I'm very good at keeping up with, like, my back health. And then I'm getting, like, a, the other thing I have to do is just, it's a hair appointment. Getting my hair done. Really? What? My hair did. I have a show tonight. I want to look extra pretty. Where's your it. show tonight? It's um, City Winery. It's, it's oh. Brent Miller's Christmas show. So I'm oh. wearing, like, a Christmas dress. And I want to be... It's not like a stand-up. I mean, I'll do stand-up, but there's like singing involved. And I just want to look like a, a lady who's like going to a holiday party. Yeah. Have you <laughs> I don't done know City why. Winery before? I have never been. I can't believe I have it. I yeah, feel like I would cool love it place. there. I like, I'm a wine fanatic. Though they might give you a glass of wine. I'll have one after. I'm worried about the pipes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Rhett Miller's a good guy. I like him. I've worked with him once. Uh, well, I guess at the old Largo I knew him, but I don't 
remember us like doing a show together, but like we were, you know, mutual friends and stuff. And then we did a show together at Largo a few months ago or no, it was a year ago. And I sang, we did a duet and it went, I was terrible. Oh, you sing? I sing certain songs. <laughs> like my karaoke go-tos are like Janis Joplin and stuff like that. So I have that kind of voice. But another karaoke go-to is Angel of the Morning. These are not, these are serious. Like uh, you have to have pipes to sing. These. I have like rock and roll pipes. So we sang Angel in the Morning together, but we never rehearsed it. And it was like, with the wrong pitch, whatever. So tonight I have to sing that awful song, Santa Baby. Oh. But it's the, per- the it's on Are purpose. you doing a set though? Yeah. But it's on purpose. Like he's making everyone on it sing like awful songs. Oh, I see. So, but I have to get the kind of like that ginger from Gilligan's Island kind of voice. Do you know? <laughs> it's also, or I could just say Eartha Kitt who sang when, the song. When they see your new haircut, they'll... Uh... Just a blowout. Oh. It's on a cut. Just a style. See, that, that I feel like is a new thing that I mean, not... That's a way clearly, new thing. Like where I walk by these places and they're like, this is the, a blow-dry bar. Mm-hmm. Like, that seems so like... I've never gotten a shave because it seems so like you're going to pay $50 for something it's, that you can need to do. It's only 35 really? And you really can't do it yourself. You need people with two hands and it gives it all this volume and they put product and cur- style it in a way that I could never... I just feel like, yeah, if you're going to the Academy Awards, sure. Well, you know what's funny is it's almost bringing back the days of like when women would set their hair for the week. Like if you get a nice blowout, it can last five days. <laughs> and then it's like being the the ladies from the 50s. They'd set their hair once a week at the salon and then you just sleep with a thing over your head and then you're done the next day. So I'm, I would like to bring that back where I get it set once a week. But I can't. My hair yeah, gets Yeah, there used too... to be scenes in like sitcoms with a woman in curlers. Like, right. That's... They even, I, like, I've never even seen anyone in curlers. Can you imagine in the past 400 years <laughs> if that comes back, but people aren't married, you're just like dating someone and they have to take an hour to put their hair in. I'm curlers. surprised it was never turned into like a Williamsburg ironic thing. Like I wear curlers out when I'm at the bar. That's, do women do the ironic dressing? They do, right? I guess I not. can't I guess tell. It's probably is more of a dude thing. Well, I feel like chicks will do like, uh, I mean, they'll dress weird. But the dudes blatantly do the ironic, like, mustache and all that stuff. Yeah, but mean, what's the girl equivalent? There must be one. But they should do that. That's true. I've never thought about that. They sh- Or they should bring back, like, I think one of my favorite looks is, like, the 90s kind of baby doll dress. Like, crazy Courtney Love hair with, like, a, a children's barrette just, like, not holding it together but just stuck in your hair. I got no problem with that look. Isn't that a great look? That is a good look. I think it's hot and I think it's comfortable. And you wear, like... Fun, you know, you wear, you don't wear like heels with it. You wear like boots and stuff. I think women should bring that back. And it's been almost 30 years. It's ironic again. I think it's going to happen now. I might, I might bring it back. Might be kind of old for it. But... If you read the tipping point, this is just the type of thing that could. I did read it. I Would read we be tipping it? I think this is the type of thing where they'll, they'll trace it back. Now, why did that come back? Oh, the Todd Berry podcast. <laughs> God, if you make it into a Malcolm Gladwell book, do you think you will in this lifetime? No, I met him once, though. You have a better chance now. It's like, hey, man, can you work me into your next book? Wait, remember that book he wrote where it was like, are you a connector or a something? There was another word. I think that was tipping point. It was. Are yeah. you, what's the other word I'm thinking of? Like, uh, I don't remember. Are you the one that knows a bunch of people and helps connect people, or are you the other one? I'm whatever the, that one. the charismatic real estate salesman. <laughs> Wait, you are a connector because you did the Swedish podcast, and then yeah. you got booked. Yeah. And now you're telling me to do it. Right. I don't know how that's helping me, but... No, I'm not going to suggest- help you. That's, 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 there's no way I'm going to help you with this. That's no, fine. that's fine. I might be... Who knows? Maybe doing something else. So you like the traveling. I love the traveling. What are your, like... What's, like, a day in your life? Let's say you're at a club for three days. Do you do all the radio? Yeah, I like to do radio. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Here's the thing with radio. I would never would have predicted that. Here's why. I remember when Patton and Cross were on that Comedians of Comedy tour and they were bitching, morning radio guys are bullies. I'm like, yeah, but I've always been bullied since I started because I'm with some young girl. So it's like I'm used to that treatment. So it's not like shocking that uh-huh. I'm not getting my ass kissed one morning. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm not I feel like it's kind of like if you've already had a career and then you have to go to this place where they don't care about it. It's probably way more damaging to your ego than if you never did. And you're just like, who cares? You know, but I also think a lot of those dudes are gone. Don't yeah, you think? I mean, I found that, you know, people would say I would say that, you know, they're jerks. But 
most of them aren't. I'm, I think I think I was always just upset by the morning, hours. the waking up, and I resented yeah. like being told this is where you're going to do press. Yeah, I mean, I feel here's... like I'm, I do this to. I, we're in this business to do whatever we want, and how about I decide whether I go on the hip hop station. Right. At five o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I try I try to do bit. more like classic rock and um like talk radio. But here's the thing. I don't the thing I hate about it, but for some reason it doesn't bother me too much, is I hate that I usually have trouble sleeping after a show. Not because I'm all excited, but just I don't know what. My body thinks it's daytime. So I can't fall asleep and I get like five or six hours and I'm not someone who can nap after. So I get upset that I'm not getting a lot of sleep, and that annoys me. And then when I go, there has never been one person that's come to my show because they heard me on the radio. Right. That's the problem. Is It's a fool's errand. But I have a weird love of radio stations. I wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid, one of the many things I wanted to be. So once I get there, I'm mesmerized by it like I'm at <laughs> like the Oscars or something. Are you someone who's good at, like, do you launch into your act? I can do that. I'm see. I'm not good at and that. And I hate every second of it. There's one guy I did it where I liked the way he did it. Who mm -hmm. was a guy I think in Baltimore, and he's like set up questions, which I'm like, Rrr. but yeah. he had a little audience because people. Oh, that's nice. He was, he was sort of popular with the ladies. This guy, and yeah. Uh, so there would be like ten women. I love there. the popular. And I would just thing. you know, all right, I'll do a show. I've done shows for ten people, and I'll burn through this, and yeah. they laugh, and he was pull as long as they're fake laughing or real laughing. And not icing you out, then... The fake laugh is fine with me, too. Yeah, I don't... I don't I, mind it's it. Just, I just want them to be nice. Me, too. And I get a little bit, like, creepy dudes, like... Because some of my stories, like, might be about dating or sex. If I say something, they're like, ugh. And I'm like, all right, calm down. And then their listeners get all riled up, and I get weird stuff on Twitter. Like, I do you. Like, I was complaining. Like, like it's a weird sympathy thing. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? That's just their weird... Listen, for some reason, I am so zen about morning radio, even like terrible people who write disgusting things at me after. So if you show up at a club and they're like, you're doing five interviews today, you'd, you'd be cool with that? The reason I would be cool with it is that I would assume it's because my ticket sales aren't good and I would be so embarrassed that I, I would want to show them, yeah. I'll do whatever it takes so that you have me back. That is the thing. Cause you're like, If you'd say, no, I don't want to do this, then they're going to be like, hey, sales weren't good. Really should have called into that country station. <laughs> right. Yeah, gonna... that would have put it over the top. I just want to feel like, I feel like since I'm not a sellout kind of gal, the most I can be is like polite and respectful and like, yeah, I'm on board and I love radio and I like tweeting the DJs before I get there. Like, I'll see you soon. And I just feel like if I can get one person on board with me, like that's what I have to do. I got to go door to door to make everyone like me. If it takes one person in every city, right. I'll do it for 30 more years. I'm like a very like uh, old school, like salesman mentality. So I don't mind doing it, but I know it does nothing. My favorite thing is morning shows, TV morning shows. I was gonna about to ask you. Like, I love those. Do you really? Yes. Oh my God. It's such a fake world and I want to be on the shows and I hate the questions. I never want to answer again. Yes, I'm really drunk on drunk history. I'm not going to tell you what Chelsea's really like. Yes, when there's no, it's not hard to be a woman in comedy. Like I try to say in advance, I won't answer these questions. You mean my next three questions. Yeah, <laughs> but they all say them anyway. So then I just try to have fun with it and just... Put yeah. it on them. Yeah, I've been trying to come up with like answers. Like well, even when I do like press, press, like print press, where there's like there's always a couple of questions that I hate. Yes. And I feel like oh, I should just come up with my one answer right. to this question that I hate and then let it be that. Yeah. You know who I love in interviews and he doesn't do many is Jerry Seinfeld. And I never yeah, was he's a great. Big, I never was a big fan of his stand up back like when I was coming up. It wasn't like, Oh, I love him. Now I love him. He's great. Yeah. He's smart I and he's interesting and I, I just like his attitude like howard stern even though they're friends he'll be like but is this hard he's like no no and he just seems so annoyed and he shuts it down with one thing he's like no and i just wish i could do that but i won't look stately i'll look like i'm being you know crappy to someone disrespectful disrespectful i hate print interviews because i hate the people that just transcribe everything you say i'm like you couldn't have cleaned up the um the like and the thing that oh, i just you're lucky that they uh that they actually are that accurate. Usually there's like mm. glaring errors. My thing, the reason I won't answer the like women in comedy question is because it really isn't difficult at all. It's just like there's a couple club owners that are douchebags to everyone, I'm sure. And they'll say stupid stuff. Um, I think it's ha harder in like Hollywood 
But I don't think it's hard on the audiences aren't sexist as far as I've seen. They're great. And so but I will say the one thing I would say is looking back on it, starting out, there was this one club in Boston where everybody sucked that I started with. When we all started, we sucked. We were good enough, but we all sucked. That was amazing when I started. What? I was amazing when I started, but I know what you're talking about. We sucked for like, we, none of us were club savvy yet because we started in this like alternative room that Eugene started, but all the dudes got passed at this club to be part of the like open mic booked open mic at the club. And I didn't. And I was like, oh, well I get it. I suck. And then later in life, I'm like, "Mm, I wonder if when a girl sucks at first, if people are like, that's because she's a girl instead of like, oh, she sucks because she sucks like all comics do. That's the only thing I can think of that like maybe that happened once. So sometimes if people insist on asking me that, I'll go, you know what? It's a bigger issue that that I don't run into, but it's 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 I would I have more stories about like Hollywood being that way. But stand up. No, it's great. It's a great equalizer. And then I go, but, you know, looking back, like maybe this happened. And I go, but it's not a good story. So anyway, just write that I don't like this question. And it never happens. I'll see in print like Jen's kicking ass. She's traveling everywhere. I go, but sometimes it's really hard for her. Although just through. Yeah, they'll throw that in like the article takes a turn and they they never say that I said 17 years ago, maybe this thing happened. They'll go. Sometimes her male peers that aren't very good get to do things she doesn't I'm like I didn't say any of that. And so I've had to call people and go take down this article right now, which is embarrassing because I feel like I'm being bitchy. But I'm like, I didn't say that. And you kind of took like, why did you need to write this dramatic article? Yeah. I like, made the mistake of me writing to funny. people who just make a minor error. Oh, really? Or, yeah. You're talking about like. And I, I've done it like and then they get defensive. It's like, you know, I just pointed something out. I said your thing was really great. Thank you for writing it. But all you have have to, they just don't want to be told that they made a mistake. Well, I got in trouble one time. Someone did an article about me. I was doing a, I don't know what I was doing. I was doing like a rock club in North Carolina. And then I was going to Zany's Nashville. I like both. Some towns I can do a rock club. Some I can do a club. I like to do both, whatever. The only reason I don't like clubs is because I don't like to be somewhere for four days. The club, the building itself. Yeah, they're usually set up pretty well. Yeah, the building itself does not bother me. So I like to do both. Eventually, I would love to just not have to do clubs, but not because I don't like comedy clubs or think they're scary. So anyway, this guy wrote this article. He was his whole. He made up a thing that I think I'm a rock star. And I look how she dresses, which is fine. I like to look like cool and wear yeah. cool outfits. So that's fine. But then he was like, and she's trying to do rock clubs because she's trying to turn. Co- he meant it compliment. Like, you know, she doesn't like working clubs because it's old and the people that run them suck, like saying all this stuff. And I'm like, no, please do not print that so that people don't. And so I had I could didn't have his info. So I wrote in the comment section. This is Jen. I never said any of that. I love both. And then the guy emailed me. He was like, I almost got fired because my boss uh, was really upset about the inaccuracy. And I'm like, I kind of don't care. Is that awful? Like, well, it was totally inaccurate. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like you have a good boss then. Yeah, it sounds like the guy who's... Normally, they don't care, though. Like, they... It was a small publication, and I'm like, you'd be fine. No, I'm I'm surprised that, because I've seen editor, I've seen stuff that's terrible, and you're like, didn't anyone look at this? Like, big, like, five spelling errors of names or whatever. (laughs) Really, it's like... Did you see my, uh, I have a a six-page spread coming out in the New York Times Sunday Magazine. Just kidding. (laughs) Are you serious? No, but you, I wanted to see page. Did you have one once? I've had articles, but I haven't had a spread in the magazine. Oh, how great oh, would that be? And I have published essays in the magazine, though. Three of them. No way. Yeah. You do? You, are they on your website on a clickable Somewhere, link? yeah, yeah. Under? I'll print out hard copies <laughs> for, for the flight home. Oh, don't even make me think about it. Where, so you're in town? Till January 8th, and I fly to North Carolina for some shows. Where are you going to North Carolina? Charlotte, the Comedy Zone. I've never done that. I think I think it's all right. I've never done it though. I have a bad feeling about it, uh, and in the sense of I don't know if I have any people there that want to see me. If that makes sense, yeah. I don't know if I have a fan base in Charlotte, North Carolina, enough to fill again five shows. So I will be doing all the radio that they need me to do and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I hope it doesn't end up like there's 10 people there. I'll die. I don't know why. And that's never happened, but. When you have the 10 people there who want to see you, then like, why are there 300 people on a Tuesday? Oh, oh let's see. They're now they're. No, I'd rather have 300 200 people. 200 of them on their phones. And I don't care about that. Really? No, bring in new, new exposure. 
I'll win 20 of them You over. were way more positive than it. Had I known how positive you were, I never would have asked you to do this. <laughs> I know. I have. I don't know what's happened to me in the last, like, five years. I think because I'm, I don't know why. Maybe I'm just uh, an, an amazing person. But I know I don't like it. I'm having a good time. But I'm like, you know what? It's be- No, when I just see 10 people, I get sad. And I think of, you know what I don't like is people with the standing O pictures. Stop that. Not, it's never funny. <laughs> do you do them? No. What? Where they get a standing ovation? Yeah, and they or take they, a picture of it. Or do they stage a standing ovation? Well, my suspicion is that they are kind of, it's not staged, but it's a little bit like, hey, I'm going to pull my phone out. You guys have been a great crowd. Let me take a picture. And they stand up. I haven't seen anyone do that. Really? Maybe I have terrible friends. I probably do. I see I see some people I know on Twitter I doing seen, it. I've probably seen it, but I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of it. Well, I see it sometimes on Instagram, sometimes on Twitter, and I'm like, if you're that funny that you get all those people, guess when you were the least, the least funny you've ever been is posting this standing <laughs> up. Sometimes I'll write of something sold out because I think it's exciting, but I'll write it before. Hey, the 10 o'clock show was sold right. out. Come to the 11 or whatever. I always worry about that too. Not that I sell out tons of shows. I've but, never, I sold out one thing once because it was sell 90 seats. But I feel like one hand I'm like, oh, I'm being a show off. But then it's like, well, on Twitter, you're supposed to sort of, it is your advertising regardless of whether you're. Here's how I look at the sold out show thing. Let's say I have a 10 o'clock show that sold out. So I'm like, okay, we added one. A, you have to get the information out. And B, let's say there's a bunch of people sitting at home and they know they could come see me, but they can hear me on podcasts for free. They can watch on YouTube. They can see me anytime they want for free. But something about going, wait, her shows are in town this weekend and they're starting to sell out. Oh, you know what? She's a quality person. I'm going to go pay money. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I think And it's true that you're not lying and saying they're sold out. No, but I don't think you need to say it after. No. Great sold out show tonight at the Ding Dong Hut. Don't, we don't, we got it. You're doing great. I sold out the Ding Dong. <laughs> well, I had to add an extra show at the Ding Dong. Okay, I wasn't trying to reference you, but now I realize it was you who wrote that. I saw you, can I happy. tell you something that I'm really concerned about? Oh, no. I have shows at Laugh Boston. Have you done that place? No, I haven't. I haven't either. I'm, done, I'm doing it the two days after. I'm doing it December 26th and 27th, right after Christmas. They tweeted the other day, the shows are almost sold out. I got so excited. And so I had a woman working on my press and she's like, it's kind of hard to get press that week because it's Christmas. Yeah. So I wrote, don't even bother. Those shows are almost sold out, according to the guy on Twitter. She's like, great, I won't. So I said, don't work on this. Then my niece goes to the website. She's like, all the shows are sold out. Auntie Jen, can I get tickets? Oh, my God. This is exciting. I email my agent. I go, I guess the shows are all sold out. And. I go, can I just get the numbers? Uh, can I get a couple more comps in there for my niece? And they wrote back like, they're not, they're not sold out at all. Not even half sold out. I don't know why the guy tweeted that. So then I ended up canceling my press. And then the website, they're like, oh, it was a glitch. I'm like, a glitch? It's almost like when they uh, publish an obituary by accident that they have in the can. A glitch. Yeah. So I'm like, this is embarrassing. So I feel like for a week, this has said sold out. And now I'm trying to... Figure out who the hell might have tried to buy tickets. So that's, I'm like embarrassed and embarrassed it's my hometown and I didn't sell it out. And now I have to be on Twitter like, hey, it said sold out, but it's not. It's I, embarrassing. I had that once with a club. I'm not going to mention where it was, but where they, they, they Facebook, this one's going to, this one's almost sold out. And then like the <laughs> day before the show, yeah, we want to cancel this because it hasn't sold enough tickets. <laughs> okay. Were there a lot of refunds since you posted that it was all sold out? <laughs> Because I feel like it was almost sold out a month ago. I mean, I, I guess I bet it's, it's pretty much sold out. I guess it's good. Oh, you lied! Oh, you lied to the. Oh, you just lied to people. Because I also think that's a shit lie. Because let's say you saw that tweet that says it's almost sold out, and then you show up and there's like 50 people in the yeah. proceeding. We're like, why did you guys? Like, even in the audience, I would think you go, why did they say this was sold out? I would totally think that the audience is remembering that and being like, what the. But F. computer glitches. I remember one guy wrote to me and it was about some show I did, and he's like. I don't want to spend $55 for your tickets. And I was like, what's he talking about? And then I, I went online and it was doing something where it was like, I don't remember how exactly what it was, doing, but it was adding two numbers up that it was supposed to, like, it was like $16 tickets and $20 a day of the show. But if you ordered one, it added both those numbers. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy thinks I'm some asshole <laughs> who charges $80 to see me in. That's what I think. I feel as though I would be someone who, if I was famous, I would not charge that. Like, let's say I was playing a 2,000-seat theater. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would still keep ticket prices at 20 or under. And then you would find out how much that theater is charging you for everything. And then you're like, oh, yeah. I, I know. That's the only loophole. 
So I don't know what the answer is for my impending, you know, takeover. <laughs> Speaking of your takeover, let's ease into your plugs. Oh, my plugs. Well, oh, wait, do you think Laugh Boston's going to be mad that I said that? No, it was a computer glitch. It was, you know, it happens. Yeah, and I'm not mad at them. I think it's great. I'm excited to work with them. I'm just, like, embarrassed. That's all. Well, it's a big club, right? It's like 250 or something. So that's like five shows. It's 1,250. Would you book yourself at a 1,250-seat theater in Boston? No, but there is one. <laughs> I'm sure there's a 5,000-seater, too. But I mean, Yeah. I played the 5,000-seater opening for Chelsea. How was that? Really fun, because I used to work at that theater taking what tickets. Was it the Wang Center? Yeah. So it was nice, but it's not my show. I'm not like, I made it. I'm how like, I'm did, opening How many for shows someone. did you do with her? Uh, this year, I just did seven. And then in the, another year, I just did like three. I've only opened for like 10 times. She treat you right? She does. She'll like up your pay like during the flight. Oh, she really? She flies private and that's fun. Actually, I don't like flying private, but it's, 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 I like the not going through security. But I get very nervous on private planes. They are way too small for me. And just, I don't, I would never fly private if I was famous. When I tweet about this episode, I'm going to say, <laughs> on my podcast, Jen Kerwin really hates private jets. <laughs> Can I use that? Can I tweet? Like oh, that? I don't care. Yeah. Okay, good. I also feel like, uh, I don't judge anyone who uses them, but for me, I think it's just it's bad for the environment. I might as well just be on a plane that's already I feel like a lot around. of people use those just to avoid, I mean, can you imagine being Chelsea and just sitting next to a random person on a flight like I know it must get I mean it's annoying for me if anyone recognizes me that wanting to talk about her so I can't imagine if you're her how annoying it is but I feel like there's ways around it and you can fly first class and I, I'm, I'm honestly so scared for my life on a private jet that I would rather yeah. deal with someone being annoying yeah I've taken them a few times <laughs> when I played the ding dong hot I <laughs> They actually, yeah, they provide you they one, provide you one. when a, you sell out. Which is unheard of in this business. And I know some people use them for convenience, like if you have to jump from one city to another in the middle of the night. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty, I mean, I've done it and with with people. And, Mr. LCK? Yeah, and you, I mean, you show, you pull up, you can, the, like the pilot takes your bag and puts it in. There's no it's security. It's so great. Like if you're, you have to go to the bathroom, yeah, go to the bathroom. It's, we'll, we're here for I it. like going into the cockpit and talking to them and having them show yeah, me how it works. You, and they'll tell you about, yeah, it's kind of like, you have any questions? And uh... One time they were like, okay, no more talking. Really? Yeah, they were trying to land. They were like, okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> and You then... scolded me. But the guy goes, one time he goes, it's going to be bad. He's like, the turbulence is bad. And it was like Midwest, like in the, in the, spring but it was kind of still winter and i'm like so why do, do we have to go we have plenty of time and he's like it's going to be awful and so i took like two clonopin because i was didn't want to have a major panic attack and then nothing happened and i felt yeah. like an idiot yeah and i was just passed out for you never it. know with the turbulence man especially in private jets oh my god people you don't want to experience <laughs> it like i do and again i was just the opening schlep i'm not it's well, not my private jet it's pretty nice it's a nice deal stay at the same hotel yeah she makes sure that you stay at the same hotel oh that's nice yeah that's really cool and the pay is great and you know everything's catered to you yeah i don't mean catered food i, I mean that mean. too but i know what you mean yeah let's see your plugs mm -hmm. jen okay so wait when does this come out this might come out very soon like tomorrow oh my god okay so i'm at people of boston don't humiliate me in front of my family yeah all my uncles who don't think i'm funny will be there <laughs> and i need them to see full house yeah. Not the show. The the I need the full comedy club. And actually, the tickets are going well on the early shows. Let's fill up the late shows. Yeah, let's get those late shows going. Uh, Laugh Boston, December 26th and 27th. It's all on my website, jenkirkman.com. Okay. And then they can click on tour dates. All right. You don't want to rattle any off. I can rattle off a comedy zone in North Carolina, Charlotte, yeah. January 8th through 11th or something like that. Okay. I'm in Oklahoma City, January. I'm in Oklahoma City in January. And so am I. Dallas and Hyenas. You are? I'm at a different place in Dallas, but... Okay, and then I'm at uh, the Laughing Skull in Atlanta in January. And then I'm taping a comedy special in Austin on January 31st, and oh, I hope people come to that. For Comedy Central or for... I can't say who it's for yet, because okay. the, the deal is done, but for some reason I can't say. All right, fair But enough. it is not for Comedy Central. I would you... never work with them. <laughs> okay. Can you say where it is? Where? Oh, it's at the North Door in Austin, one oh, of my favorite place. places to you perform. You turned me on to that place. Or no, I don't know if you turned me on to it. But you told me it was good. And then I Didn't played you it. love it? It was the really good. The acoustics yeah. are great, right? Yeah, it was nice. It sounds like five million people are yeah, there. Yeah, it was really good. 
Um, That's a good place to record. They said Willie Nelson recorded an album there once because the acoustics are so good. Oh, shit, now you have comp competition. <laughs> Which North Door recorded uh, CD, do we, DVD do you want to get? Willie or Jenny Kirkman? <laughs> So, I mean, I don't have the dates offhand yeah, for stuff, all. All right. but go it's to my all website. JenKirkman.com, at Jen Kirkman. Yeah, uh, and I have an Instagram they can get on board with. Jen Kirkman? Yep. Oh, my God. One and in Jen, you guys. You really take care of your brand. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Somebody made fun of me for saying something like, you're just trying to defend your brand. I go, oh, I don't have a brand. Right. He's like, I don't talk that way, but if you want to. Yeah, if you want to put that on me. Yeah. Oh, whatever. Fuck that. Unless that person's a friend of mine, fuck them. No, I don't think you'd be friends with this guy. Thanks for being on my show. I'm glad we did this one-on-one. -on -one, it's a whole different ball game. And you learned so much about I did. me. It was like, good. What this, a great went, person I am. This went by very quickly. What if I'm the guest next week, too? Like, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be my first two-parter. Oh, my God. Let's do a two-parter where you expose something about me to get you into, like, oh, like the cereal, Marin territory. Like cereal or something. I've never heard it. Oh, okay. I thought you meant, like, maybe just accuse me of stealing bits or something. No, no, no. I'll do that. I'll record that part separately. <laughs> then you can't defend yourself. Thank you. I'm sure your audience is lovely. Uh, I enjoyed. Oh, my watch is really wrong. Okay. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome. Thank you. That's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we'll probably see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Feral Audio. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.